30 seconds and counting. podcast. I'm David Rodriguez. Living abroad, one of the things I love the most is the multiple encounters with strangers. But if there is something I always regret, is to not have to spend more time around the people I once shared the road with, listening to whatever advice they have to give or whatever story they want to tell. In this podcast, I talk to friends and strangers whose lives inspired me and others. Through these conversations, I try to learn more about what brought them to this lovely city of Sendai, northern Japan, their experiences, life philosophies, dreams, and ideas. In this third episode, I talked to Kia Akhlopkova. Please forgive me, Kia, for mispronouncing your last name. At Kia underscore Karina on Instagram and at Kia Akhlopkova on Facebook. She's amazing. Originally from Yakutsku, Russia, she studied Japanese language and literature, holds an additional law degree, and she's doing her second master's in Japanese literature at Tohoku University. She's the president of the Tohoku University Foreign Students Association at Tufsa.net, through which they organize events and activities throughout the year to support foreigners and students adapt to a new city and a new culture. They are also behind the Tohoku University International Festival, the biggest international event in the Tohoku region and must check if you live in the area of Sendai. And she's also part of the organizing team behind the TEDx conference at Tohoku University. If you are interested in Japanese culture, how to still live in Japan, the struggles of first-timers and advice for Japanese learners and those planning to move to Japan, this episode is for you. It is one of the funniest conversations I've had so far, and it was a great reminder for me personally that the last thing I want in my life is stillness. The story of Kiya, as she tells it, is that of being brave enough to constantly step out of her comfort zone, saying yes more often, and making your efforts and sometimes your failures be the stepping stone that set the course of your improvements. It is actually thanks to Kiya that I'm planning to join a Japanese club for the first time, to tackle once and for all my endless procrastination with the Japanese language, so thanks Kiya for that. It is definitely a great episode, and I just hope you enjoy it as much as I did. Hello, Kia. Hi. <laughs> Thank you for accepting my invitation. No, to, it sounds to really fun. So, <laughs> thank you for me. so we haven't met before. Uh, mm-hmm. We must have seen each other a couple of times, but we never uh, talked. Yeah, we never <laughs> got to to be introduced. Uh, so I was really looking forward to having this conversation with okay. you today. Um, so can you please tell me and those who don't know you who you are, where you're from, and okay. how do you end up in, in, in Sendai? <laughs> yeah. uh, my name is Kia. Like, um, my full name is much longer, so people just call me Kia. Mm-hmm. I come from Russia, and people really get surprised because I have an Asian face, you know, <laughs> Asian look. <laughs> True, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I come from this place called, um, city called Yakutsk. It's in the Republic of Sakhaya in deep in Siberia, in Russia, and it's a beautiful place. It's very unique. We like, um, like the space is huge. It's almost the same space as India. And I oh, wow. keep telling people that, like, Nanseki, like, the area is like in India, but the, um, Jinko, like, the population is like in Sendai. So just <laughs> imagine yeah. Sendai people living in India is how my, like, republic looks like. Mm-hmm. And, um, I lived there almost all my life until I turned 16 and then I went to US actually okay. for studying and just it opened up many opportunities for me. And I just found Where in the US? Uh, in Oregon State. Oregon. Yeah, for a year. And then after that, I came back home and graduated from high school and I thought, okay, I know English, what else can I do? <laughs> so, <laughs> so I decided to go for Japanese language. Mm-hmm. So back in Russia, I studied Japanese and Japanese literature. And then, like, um, when I was in the fourth grade, I went to Yamagata University for a year, mm. like a first-time exchange program between our universities. And then came back home, graduated, and then applied for MEXT, and that's how I ended up in Sendai. Oh, okay. So before jumping too far ahead, Yakutsku, uh, mm. your hometown, yeah. I've checked yeah. the, <laughs> this, the okay. place, and if you were to Google Yakutsku, and see the pictures, you will mostly come across people freezing out. Ah, yeah, and, and, I, and I've checked, and it's actually really based on Wikipedia, which I'm, I'm yeah. not sure how accurate that is, but it's supposed to be the second coldest major city in the world. What is first one, then? I've, okay. I, I'm going to Google that out right Because I keep telling people I'm coming from the coldest city on the earth. <laughs> <laughs> I want it with only second. I, I'll check yeah. that out. I don't know, um, but... 
it's amazing. I've seen the average temperatures along yeah. the year, and like from I don't know, early November to late February, the average higher temperature is like minus 30 degrees Celsius. Yeah, it's pretty warm winter. So how, how do people <laughs> cope with, with those temperatures? Yeah, I mean, when I was a kid, it was much colder. So I think the global warming is working up. It's a, like, oh, yeah, everywhere, right? Yeah, because <laughs> I remember when I was a kid, I would go to school or like somewhere else. And then sometimes it would get minus 60 degrees Celsius mm-hmm. and then it would stay home. But... Lately, like minus 55, 57 is the coldest you can experience. Wow. And yeah, our winter is pretty long. It's like more than half a year of winter. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that's why we cherish summer so much. Mm. And summer gets really hot. You can get plus 40 degrees Celsius. So it's very extreme, like yeah, contrasting. Yeah. And in some pla- maybe like first place is like Oymekul. But it's not a city, it's, it's like a village. Is, of course, it's a Russian city, yeah. but it's Norilsk. Norilsk. Ah, Norilsk, really? Norilsk. Mm, okay. Yeah, that's, again, based Maybe. On <laughs> yeah. so I, I don't know. Maybe, yeah. But, um, there's a place called Oynako. I've yeah. never been there. It's super far. And it gets minus 72, the world record. Oh, wow. And I don't really <laughs> want to go there. <laughs> but in places like that, the difference between summer and winter can get like more than 100 degrees. So, and my city is still okay. So we say it's still warm. <laughs> yeah, and summer is still very hot. And we also have this uh, beautiful thing called White Nights. It's in June, I think. Yeah, then sun doesn't go down really. I mean, okay. you cannot see sun in the sky, but it's very light. So it's right to crawl out like night also. It's yeah, a parking yeah. time. Oh, wow, <laughs> awesome. <is> that. Yeah. <laughs> but how do we cope? Like we we wear all the fur. So I think if you're like um, Greenpeace activist or something, <laughs> not to come. Well. <laughs> it's a kind of it's a question of survival, right? And sure. we eat out of meat. Like mm. in Japan, I miss beef because in Rush, like in my town, we eat it like at least twice a day, mm. every day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we eat beef. We wear like my winter outfit is like made of. Um, I have boots made of uh, reindeer skin, and then my in coat, and then like a fox hat or something. Cover all yourself. And yeah. w- when would be the best time to, to go to Yakutsk? Yes. Well, if you want to get some extreme exotic like temperature, you should come in winter. But you, okay. should, you should have someone to be waiting for you there with warm clothing. Because <laughs> sure. Whatever you wear won't be enough. We had many okay. like foreigners making that mistake when they come like and wear like Arctic expedition clothes and thinking it's enough. But yeah. sometimes with, with minus forty. Yeah. Summer is nice. Um, in summer, we have this huge holiday called Ugh. But Russian people cannot pronounce it, they say Isse. <laughs> so maybe it's easier also for partners. Okay. It's basically it's our biggest holiday of like the sun. Like we celebrate the summer, mm. but we survive winter and summer sure, sure. <laughs> And it's a big holiday, so maybe it would be nice to come in end of June. So any any season is nice, I think. Mm. You can find something to do. That would be good. I've yeah. never been other than the traditional trip to St. Petersburg. Oh, or... you've been to Russia? Yeah, okay. yeah. But... Just like for a few days. Yeah. Um, so yeah, those like Yakutsk, which is not too far. I mean, it's it's far away, but it's not that far from here. It's closer to Japan rather than to Moscow, for example. Yeah, yeah. We used to have a straight flight and it would take only four hours by plane. Mm, well, okay. to Moscow from Yakutsk takes like six and a half or seven hours. Sure. And um, yeah, I mean, St. Petersburg is also a beautiful city, right? Yeah, I mean, it is. It's very it is. nice. But my city is actually older than St. Petersburg. <laughs> <laughs> it was founded in like 1632. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay, I'll put that on my list. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so you said that then you moved to Japan. I have mm-hmm. here to 2013, but I'm not, I'm not sure if that's oh, right. Yeah. Like to Yamakata. Yeah. Okay. And so t- tell me a little bit about all those, like those early days when you first arrived here. Oh, so... I came to Japan for the first time in 2013, as you said, but mm-hmm. it was in the beginning of March because there was this um, competition called Speech Contest, as I right. mentioned before. It's, um, it's held in Moscow. It's called Moscow International Speech Contest. <laughs> and why it's called international? Because like, it's not only Russia, but like um, past Soviet Union countries also participating. And it was my first time going there and it was really stressful because I wasn't very sure about my Japanese back then. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't like the best student in the group with <laughs> my inability to learn kanji. And stuff. Sure, yeah. So, but then somehow like it has stages to go. And for the first time, like it was in our university. And then if you win there, which I accidentally did, <laughs> you go to like a regional part in Khabarovsk. Uh-huh. It's like a far, far, far east. 
And if you get in top three, you can go to Moscow. And the year I participated was 25th Moscow International Speech Contest. Okay. But it was on the second time our university got to go over because we could never pass this far east part. <laughs> okay. And uh, yeah, I remember like I finished second in Habarovsk and it was like a huge shock. Like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, okay, we should go to Moscow. And then I remember writing the speech and then I ended up crying because I felt so helpless. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm like, okay, let's just like, just, just let's go and try it out. And then I just somehow got the first place and it was as I said like first time for me to participate second time for my university and it was a big thing and as a prize they gave me this trip to Japan so that's how I first came and (laughs) it was the beginning of March for a week I could just choose any destination I could go Mm -hmm. and 30 years ago my dad went to Japan in 1987 31 year ago yeah and I just chose picked the same places where he went oh wow so just, awesome. yeah it was nice like so it was like Kansai Ryoko, like in uh-huh. Kyoto or Kanada he went by like a boat like just like a vacation time and it was a um, big thing back then in Soviet Union because it was closed country and yeah. only several people could go right and I guess that's why I also got like uh, interested in Japan because he brought this weird like omiyage <laughs> like souvenirs and it was always there when I was growing up so maybe that's how I got first impression of Japan. So this in March I went there in 2013. I went there and I repeated his uh, trip. Then I came back home and then I went at the end of March to Yamagata. <laughs> 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 it was my second time going to Japan. Oh, okay. And but do you have uh, Japanese relatives no, or ancestors no, no. Asian? Well, Russia has around 200 nationalities. It's a okay, like a multinational <laughs> country. <laughs> so my Republic of Sakhalin-Kutia it's like Asian part of Russia, and we have like half Asian, half like European Russians living together. So I don't have any Japanese relatives. Yeah, just like um, was just very random. (laughs) (laughs) When I came for university. So you you said that you were already studying Japanese and interested in Japanese uh, while in in Russia, right? Yeah. Um, So right now you are, as far as I know, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but Mm -hmm. you are studying here uh, Japanese culture, is it? Oh, no, I studied Japanese literature. Literature, Uh, that's true. Because in Russia, like I studied, my major was Japanese language and literature, but we'll study it in Russian, right? So when I came here, it was a huge difference. It was really hard to keep up. Mm. But also, so I had this, um, in Russia, we used to have this old system of called specialist. It was before the master and bachelor system. So you would study for five years. And in Russia, it's counted as you finish master's, but abroad it doesn't count like that. So I'm doing my master's second time now. And I also have, like, my brother is a judge, and he always wanted me to go, like, like to <laughs> follow him in the spot. Okay. But I, so I just took additional, like, courses, and I have additional law degree. Oh, wow. Yeah, which I barely use. <laughs> <laughs> well. Wow. Yeah. So here I'm going to get my master's degree in the master's university. Okay. I had, I don't know why I have for you, like, a, a lot of questions just about Japan. Yeah. Uh, because I, I, you know, looking at your background and I don't know, maybe it's because of your Asian traits that I, I for some reason, decided <laughs> that Japan would be a nice topic for this conversation. But sure. um, what are those aspects of the Japanese culture that you find more uh, attractive? I like how considered people are here. So, I mean, I like how it's like a um, standard to think of other people, you know. To think of uh, not bothering them, like acting in a way that everybody is happy. Of course, like Japanese society has its own, like, um, like not very good parts as well. But yeah. this something like first a like uh, how considered they are of each other, mm-hmm. and b is how hardworking they are. So yeah. I like that uh, here people take responsibility very seriously, and if the campus person says he's gonna do something or like mm, it's gonna happen for sure, you know. Yeah, I'm not really, like, um, I don't know, I feel kind of upset when people don't take responsibility seriously. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's true. And what are those aspects that you that you had the biggest challenges when you first interact with, with uh, Japanese culture? Oh, I feel that, um, I feel like most of the people here are very lonely. And mm. for them, it's hard to... Not to make connections, but like to become close friends, like uh, 
yeah. faster, you know, because yeah. it takes yeah. so much time here, you know. That's true. Like even for foreigners, when we come to Japan, it's much easier to become friends with other foreigners, you know. Yeah. And then I complained once about it, like in one of the same <laughs> events, like in, and they said, and the comment was like, reply from Japanese person was, you know, it's only yeah. not only hard for foreigners to become friends with Japanese, but for Japanese people to become friends between each other as well. Yeah. So, yeah, they yeah. have these boundaries, right? Like, and yeah, I notice that a lot. Yeah. And in, for example, in my lab, I find that, as you said, even between Japanese, they they work together, but yeah. as soon as the clock takes five. It's hard to, to see them going out together yeah. uh, after work unless it's mandatory, you know, it's like yeah. a nomikai or something yeah. that their lab is organizing and then, then everybody's there. But again, because they are very yeah. committed to whatever we do as a, as a group. But of course, I understand that, for example, in my case, which I don't speak Japanese very well or not at all, yeah. <laughs> uh, I understand that the language bar is, is oh. very high in my case because yeah. it's either I'm forcing them to speak a language where it, in which they don't feel very comfortable talking, uh, or I'm trying to use my my broken Japanese to create connections, which yeah. will be even harder. Uh, but I but I ask about this because I'm curious about this, and I ask other people, friends, foreigners who speak very well Japanese, yeah. and they told me that even for them, it's very hard mm-hmm. to to find those I don't know meaningful relationships or to build those meaningful relationships with with the. Japanese people that they work with, you know? Yeah. I mean, um, in case of Russia, for example, you can become, you can hit it off right away and become like, yeah. super good friends, you know? <laughs> and then your friend would be willing to, like, we say, like, to give his last shirt for you, you know? <laughs> yeah. And it would be the same. But mm. in Japan, I think it just demands time. So people who are, like, grew up together, or they went to the same school, like, after a year or two, you can say, okay, we became friends, I guess, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it happened to me in Yamagata University because I wanted to have this unique Japanese experience. And I joined Bukatsu, which is like a sports club. And I'm like, not athletic person at all. And it was, I just wanted something challenging, right? And I picked one soccer, like, uh, group, like, randomly. And apparently I picked the hardest club. It's <laughs> like training five times a week for three hours. And <laughs> it was hard to survive. But after, like, I kind of... Like, Gambatita, like, through whole mm. year. After that, like, it felt like, oh, I finally became a part of a group. So, that feeling was precious. But at the same time, it took me so much effort and took them so much time to, like, I don't know, to let me in, kind of thing, you know? Yeah. But at least, like, it's been a year, and after that, we became friends, but then I had to go back to Russia. But since I came back to Sendai, I keep meeting them because we already became friends and we passed this point. Yeah. And now we keep seeing each other everywhere. Yeah. So, I think it's worth it. Yeah, and and it's you know I, I keep thinking about it, and it, mm. and it's and it's interesting how it works because it's true that then you find you can find the opposite, which is uh, Japanese people that are extremely open to meet yeah. people from different places, even though they don't they may not speak very well the English or yeah. their language. Um, like that happened to for example to my wife a lot since at first she was you know she was just studying Japanese here so yeah. she was trying to meet Japanese people like I just want to have friends here yeah. and, and as same as you as you did in in Jamakata, just trying to uh, surround yourself with just as many Japanese things yeah. as you can and people so and and she found friends that still today they they keep in touch mm. and they keep hanging out together and, and so it's interesting how that works in Japan. Yeah. Many times you have both opposites very uh, um, very I don't know clearly it's it's interesting how that so if, if you one of, one of the questions that I like asking people is if you were to use Japanese not mm-hmm. as a demonym but as a, an adjective which things or type of people would you describe with that word you know when we say oh that's so Japanese uh. what type of things were would you describe with the word Japanese that's so Japanese. Like, yeah. Like, oh. <laughs> For example, like when they come, always come on time, like, you know, because I'm often late. Mm-hmm. They come like 10 minutes before. And then like, uh, if you go together on a trip and everybody sleep like in the same room, I can see only Japanese people like picking up all the photos, <laughs> holding them for everyone, you know. Yeah. This is so Japanese, right? <laughs> <laughs> Also, like... Uh, being a group member, like being yeah. very, like, not being 
very individualistic, but thinking of a group first, mm. also very Japanese. I mean, in my case, when you say that you saw Japanese, it's uh, more like a compliment, I guess. Yeah, sure. That, that's why I like yeah. asking this, because you can see the different other point of views from yeah. someone that just maybe has the stereotypical image of yeah. Japanese and versus someone who has been living here for, yeah. you know, six, seven years and and how that, you know, the, the, <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it's very, it's very interesting to me to see that. And yeah. once you live here for a year or longer, you can, you're going to start relating Japanese, like the word Japanese with things that um, before you have never thought of, you know, it's, it's, that's, that's why I like it. Japanese kind of. society is very convenient if you learn the rules kind of thing. If you, know, if you just follow the rules they have here, if you understand them first, and then if you follow it, it's so easy to leave. Like, yeah, but that, that first thing that you mentioned, I think, is key, which <laughs> yeah. is you have to understand yeah. it. And I don't know if this happens to you, but if, like, for example, there are, there are some things that I, that I, just based on how my culture is, mm-hmm. I find... I find them very hard to cope with, oh. and it's not like it's. It's not good or bad. It's, just it's not good or bad. It's just like it's so different yeah. that, from my point of view, I find it hard to understand why you do the things you do yeah. the way you do it. You know, yeah, I, know. Uh, I have for, many frustrated friends like. <laughs> yes. Yes. So and. And, you know, for example, with, with administrative paperwork and, oh, you know, yeah. processes, when you have to apply for something or you have to, like right now, which I'm, I'm, I'm planning, a, I have to do a trip to Europe in next yeah. month. I'm still, oh, like, doing yeah. paperwork and stuff. And I will be there for quite oh, a few months. Okay. So, uh, but uh, as soon as I mention I'm doing this to uh-huh. someone that lives in Japan, yeah. that phase that you just uh, <laughs> heard of, oh, my God. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Is the first thing that that comes up. Like it's, uh, but it again, it's it's not good or bad. It's just that the way it's it is, very yeah. different to yeah. you. I had this incident recently. Like I got so frustrated, I didn't wrote about it in, in, on Facebook in Japanese. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, I we had this open campus, right? Mm-hmm. And during open campus, that like, different labs like show off each other, like to high schoolers for them to like to get a, like a few of them to join their labs. <laughs> And our lab does the same, but every year we do the same thing. We just show them rare books and even scrolls, you know, like of Japanese literature, which uh, the person will be able to study when they join us, mm-hmm. like our lab. And so we had several meetings discussing what kind of books to show, you know, and stuff. And then, and I'm master second year, so it was our responsibility this year to take care of it. Remember, like, uh, after the meeting, we, we all decided to go to the library to, pe- to look at the books in, like, stack room. And then, so we all went, and then we all entered the elevator, and one girl just went to the restroom right in front of us, right? And we're all in the elevator. So it was like a second of like silence, like what to do. And I'm like, press the button down, you know? And then people were like, oh, but like, you're not gonna wait for her. Oh, like, and then we tried to make it a joke so I don't feel bad. But I was like, was I supposed to wait for her? She went to the bathroom, right? So what we did, we ended up coming on the first floor and waiting for her, and she came out. And after that, we all went to a library, right? <laughs> but in front of the library, I met a friend, like a Japanese girl from Tuso, and she was just passing me some posters. So it took me a second to get, like, maybe one, one minute to get her posters from her. But everybody entered the library and all they went to stack room. And I'm like, so am I supposed to wait? Or or what? Do, or is it because I'm a foreigner, you don't wait for me? Like, you know, it was, like, very unclear what to do. So I got frustrated, and then... I wrote about it on Facebook in Japanese, and then my love mates replied, like, oh, we're so sorry, we didn't notice, kind of thing. But it was like, at that moment I felt like, okay, so I speak Japanese pretty well. Like, I mean, I understand, like, most of the things, like, mm-hmm. it's a, like, unwritten rules. But this kind of situation also, like, got really weird for me, right? And I yeah. cannot imagine how this life of foreigners who don't speak Japanese and who don't get these, like, pointers, you know? And yeah. Because it's, it's so hard, like... It is. It is very hard. And... Even if you try to read about it, like yeah. I, I've been reading a few books about Japanese culture, books mm-hmm. that are meant for Japanese, uh, just for them to express and explain yeah. to foreigners how their culture is different from, from others. It's Sometimes it's hard to understand. I have to reread paragraphs, like yeah. complete paragraphs, <laughs> just to say, okay, so this is exactly what they're what they meant when yeah. they say something, you know? It's called Kuki Yomano, like, ability to read the air. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. We had this kind of in classes back in Russia, like, mm-hmm. our Japanese teacher would say, like, so, for example, if you meet this Japanese person, he's super nice, and then he says, like, oh, like, 
Mata kono zehi asabo. Let's go and have fun together for for sure. We're like for sure for and then you wait for an invitation. <laughs> it was actually just he was just being polite, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. just come over to my place and let's like hang out. And you really think that you're going to go over and hang out, but it just means he was being polite, you know? Yeah, and I read about this. I read this example, which is that maybe someone invites you to their home. Japanese yeah. invites oh, yeah. you to their home, and then it gets late. I don't know, maybe it's like seven. I'm going to talk about broomstick. Like, <laughs> yeah. no, okay. Well, this one is just like if they, you know, it gets late, it gets uh-huh. seven, seven p.m., and maybe they ask you if you want to stay for dinner. Yeah. It's not that they want you to stay for dinner. They're oh. just saying that it's late and you should go. Oh. You know, okay. like those type of, again, reading between lines. That's yeah. the example that I that I read on a book, which is the Japanese will ask you if you want to stay. Yeah. But um, if you know how Japanese interactions work, you should be polite and say, no, thank you. I'm not hungry. Uh, it's time no. for me to leave. So when you read that, it's like, <laughs> Okay, let, let's take a minute to understand what's going on. Because again, if you don't yeah. speak Japanese very well, and mm. you're not maybe... Re- you're coming from a culture where when you're offered to eat dinner, you usually say yes. Yeah, free dinner? Like, <laughs> <laughs> sure. It's more time to hang out with this person. Yeah. But I heard about broomstick. Like, it's kind of even crazier. Mm-hmm. If you come to someone's place, and when it's been a while, and then you see like a broomstick, like, you know, like, not a broom, how does it, something with your floor with? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if it's hanging near the wall, but... Sit down, sit down, it yeah. means it's time to leave. <laughs> oh, really? We're giving you like a... <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that, at least that will be clear. Like, <laughs> if you know about that, then you just need to loop with the groom yeah. somewhere. <laughs> but if they offer you at least, you need to say no. Yeah. yeah. That, that's funny how that how that works. Like, it's... You know, they mention in this, in this uh, book, one of the biggest chapters is just talking about I might and the yeah. ambiguity of Japanese. And that's... That's tricky for, uh, I think that for most people, I don't know about Asian cultures, but mm-hmm. at least for Westerners, it's, it's really tricky because yeah. it's like, so you're saying something, but it's not really what you, what you Because the people are so polite and you think you take it for kindness and then you can abuse their kindness, right? Like, yeah, but also you, you're not trying to be rude. You know, yeah. if someone invites you me just to... just go with the flow. <laughs> yeah, someone invites me to stay, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, maybe... They want me to stay, you know? It's like, I don't want to be rude and say, no, I, I'm going to leave. Yeah. And that's something that's surprising about the Japanese as well, is that many times when they say, when they have to, like, say goodbye to each other, they say goodbye and leave. If you, I'm from Spain, so if you go to Spain, oh. it will take you, like, at least one hour to, you know, <laughs> bye-bye, okay, we'll see each other next time, whatever, but you keep talking about other things, yeah. like new topics come come up in the conversation and you keep discussing. Here is more, like, I don't know. This I had that like dialogue when I was preparing to go to US and we had this orientation program in Vladivostok for three days, and we were saying like that uh, diversity of like backgrounds is so crazy that you mm-hmm. always need to try to read between, between lines. Papa, they gave an example of this Indian student who went to US for exchange, and then she was staying with her host family, and then they offered her like, "Do you want some something to drink?" You know. And she said, oh, no, no, thank you. And they were like, okay. <laughs> but apparently, like, in her culture, like, you need to get offered at least three times. If you say right away yes, it's kind of your being rude. So you have to, like, let them convince you to drink. And she was waiting for it, but they were like, okay, she doesn't want to drink. Let's not offer her anymore, right? It's kind yeah. of clash of cultures, I guess. Yeah, yeah. They should, they should come with, like, a rule book or something. Because <laughs> sometimes... Yeah. Uh, and that's one of the things also that I like the most about yeah. living in different places and, and travel abroad. Mainly living, because when you live in some place, you really get to know that culture better than if you stay yeah. there. And if you go, like, to... Um, but you also get like a like a gaijin power, right? Because <laughs> you sure. know you're a foreigner, and we like kind of we like <laughs> expect you to make mistakes, and yeah. And here in Japan, that, that's really cool because yeah. you can you can sometimes you can get advantage of that, and yeah. I like not in the bad, not in in a negative way, but that sometimes I don't know. You know that they know you're a foreigner, and mm. therefore you can sort of like play along with that yeah. and say, okay, I don't. I don't know, it's, it's really interesting and sometimes hard mm. for me to even <laughs> explain how Japanese yeah, are. How is uh, it like in your lab? Like, is well, it very international lab? At first, or? yeah. So, well, no. Hmm, I would say that since we are different research groups, yeah. the research group where I work, I would say that we are like three foreigners of about maybe 20 uh, people working in there. So there, oh. there's more uh, Japanese, obviously, oh, okay. than, than foreigners. And at first, 
during the first few months uh, working there was quite hard for me because, it, again, I, I don't speak very well Japanese, mm-hmm. so I don't feel confident enough to approach people and start talking in Japanese. Aww. And I didn't want to make them feel uncomfortable by going and, you know, start talking with them in English. And Aww. then they will have to, like, oh, gosh, what's going on? <laughs> this guy's talking with me in Japanese. You know, and it, because I know, I know, I, I don't know, I became familiar with the way they process interactions and I didn't want to make them feel uncomfortable. uncomfortable. And, mm. and so I remember that in the first few months I spent days and days in the lab without talking with anybody because yeah. that was that was weird for me because I'm used to like working groups and interact with people yeah. mostly like give feedback and receive feedback. That's my that's that's the way I, I work best. But here um, you know we work very isolated. isolated. Yeah. yeah. Manner, which is I, I took me some time to get used to it, uh, oh. to be honest. And I'm not pretty sure I'm completely used to that. Uh, <laughs> no, but, but now it's rare because now I, I, I've, you know, I, I made an effort to spend more time outside the lab with them. Like mm-hmm. if they organize whatever event. This is necessary. Oh, yeah. yeah. We're going to go to whatever, play play soccer one day. And, oh. and mm-hmm. I say, okay, yes, I don't play soccer, but I will go just because I think it, it will be good to create those relationships outside yeah. the lab. And that really helped. Okay. Uh, not everybody like interacts with me or I interact with them without problems, you know, and like they, they feel mm-hmm. more open. And I feel like also once I um, took like a very defined role within the lab, mm-hmm. I, I decided to create like a small research group of my own, uh, taking care of new M ones that were coming. Yeah. They sort of like, I don't know why, but they, that's what I feel like this, that they associate as like a, label to my position within the lab and then they i i think that they they feel more confident in talking with me just because they know where to you know like it's yeah. not like i'm a random guy there doing something that they don't know about he said okay so this is a you know a phc student in charge of this a group uh this um, group of master's students are working with them yeah. we know how he is we know how he does things you know like so they get uh, a system, right? Like yeah. yeah. So they need they need to somehow label you. Like, this is like how they work them best, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that that was for me at least my experience. Mm-hmm. I don't know if for you at first where like oh. you were having those those types of uh, difficulties of like. For me, it's really, it was very hard to have fun during the Mikai because because they don't drink alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then you go there and it's like oh <laughs> you know? but, mm. but when like, I started spending more time in lab and when I would stay up at, at night you know pulling all nighters from my assignments and when you would meet an ocean, like in a few rooms like, people were just chat and mm. this is how I kind of got in I guess and that, that that's probably something I would recommend people if people is having a hard time yeah. here in Japan during the first few months I'll probably recommend them to First of all, it's normal. Like I think mm-hmm. most people experience those first months of, okay, oh my gosh, I'm not fitting yeah. in. Yeah. Uh, what should I do? Mostly when you don't know the language very well. Even uh, if you do. Like, even if yeah. you do, because I, yeah. So um, I would say just try to to get involved more in the things that they do. Yeah. Like true. just try to you know if the and this again this doesn't involve interacting with them directly is just going to a place where they will be yeah and if, they, if it's playing <laughs> soccer play soccer if it's eating pizza eat pizza you know yeah. it's like just try to be there and they will start talking with you because they're also really curious that's also something that mm-hmm. i noticed that they will take they, you know you need to leave them like a few hours but then after <laughs> a few hours of being there someone will approach and will say where are you from and you know what are yeah. you doing here or that that happened to me quite a few times well my whole experience in lab was like can be described as fake it until you make it <laughs> <laughs> what i've been doing until now yeah. <laughs> how, somehow it works out right mm. yeah yeah so if there is someone listening to this conversation mm-hmm. uh i don't know maybe let's say someone from your hometown that yeah. and he or she wants to come here, like, oh, I really want to come to Japan and experience yeah. uh, what Kiya is experiencing there. What would you recommend him or her do? Like, uh, my hometown is very far from everywhere. <laughs> anywhere. <laughs> so, and since, like, Republic of Sakhaikut is in Far East, uh, we are kind of attached to Habarsk uh, General Consulate of Japan. Mm. So, for example, to apply for Next, I had to like buy plane tickets myself, you know, and like uh, fly three hours to like to Habarovsk, next, mm-hmm. book a hotel, you know, stay there, and 
it was like the second time I got it. So for the first time I failed because I didn't know what, what next much. I just went like, I want to go to Japan and study Japanese culture, you know? <laughs> yeah. No topic research, no yeah. thing. It was the essential experience though. So many people don't do this because they're like, because A, plane tickets are extremely expensive. Like it's cheaper to, if you live in Moscow, it's cheaper to go abroad than to go to Yakutsk. At some point it can cost you like 80,000 yen to fly one way, you know? Oh, wow. okay. So it's really hard to travel if you live in my town because yeah. we also don't have a railroad. It's just like being built right now at the moment. So only ways to go by plane and planes are insanely expensive. So most of the people, they just don't take a risk. Like if you go to this program for this like interview, you might fail. It means like you just wasted this money, right? But um, what I learned is like failure is always like an experience. For example, if I wouldn't go this first time, I maybe I wouldn't get it the second time, right? So I would just uh, give them advice not to be scared of failure and take risks. Because I went there and then I had so much fun with the interview. Like, we made the love together and stuff. <laughs> Talking about scary stories in soccer, like in my Japanese yeah. interview. And if I wouldn't do that, I wouldn't be able to get this opportunity, right? And mm. to get my scholarship and come to Sendai. And would you say, since we're in different fields, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm interested to, to learn about this a little bit more. Like, coming here on the, let's say, the humanities side, yeah. uh, is it also, or do you think it's, it's also more important to have good research plan. Oh yeah. Instead mm. of like, for instance, for, for me, when I when I went to the interview for the medicine yeah. scholarship, I didn't speak a word of Japanese, and they yeah. asked me like, uh, there was a, like a few people there. One of them Japanese. She started talking to me in Japanese. It was like I, I don't have no, I don't even know how to <laughs> yeah. say hello. So, and that wasn't an issue. Because you're an engineering get, student, right? Well, first that's yeah. that's easier, of course. But the, but the thing is that. What they pointed out during my interview is that I, I had a very well-grounded research plan. Mm. Like I already met the professor. Uh, oh, okay. We together built my research plan. Uh-huh. So they sort of trusted that. And yeah. I wasn't just... Because I, I've, seen, I've seen a lot of people working really hard on their Japanese when it's may, it may not be the, oh, like the yeah. most defining factor for you to get this type of scholarship. Of is it the same on, in like uh, well, humans, Of course, you should speak Japanese, and it's always a good thing. And it doesn't make sense to study Japanese literature if you don't speak Japanese. That's true. Right? That's a damn question but, on my side. <laughs> <laughs> but the most important is also how much inspired you are about your research. Hmm. So a, you need to like show like next people that you are really really into your research, you want to do this, and the only place you are able to do it is Japan. <laughs> so you have to prove to them why Japan, no? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, but in case of humanities, I think it's, yeah, it's always a good thing to speak Japanese. And you said <laughs> that you speak Japanese. Yeah. Is there any recommendation or, uh, I don't know, suggestion for people starting with Japanese that mm. you would say that it was really helpful for you? Well, okay. I used to be in an anime club, like in high school, but I'm not like a big Otoko, you know? <laughs> I mean, I watched like, I just like the style itself, I mm. think, but I don't spend my days watching sure. cartoons, so I cannot say that I've been watching anime as how I learn, because it's not true. <laughs> then I don't also listen to Japanese music. <laughs> All people give us advices, right? Um, I don't know, just like, just like, uh, whenever I, s- ah, this what helped me to like, be more become more fluent in it but uh, i just went for an interpreter job <laughs> i did bite a lot i mean i was uh, uh like doing part-time job as an interpreter since i was in high school mm-hmm. but it was english right okay. normally when i was in the third grade of university like i went for like japanese interpreting sure. job and it was really hard because it was only my third year studying japanese and then it was already a big project. I don't know how people entrusted me. But <laughs> I think we are just being sloppy sometimes. You know? From your student, oh my god! And it was like a big team coming from Japan, from jewelry company for mm. our diamond uh, like factory opening. And I remember like I was going to meet them in the airport, and I didn't eat anything, and I had nightmares that night before. I was like seeing like this is a horrible interpreter like you can and then all my thoughts were like, why would I sign up for this? You know, I'm obviously not ready, right? Mm-hmm. So I would do my research, like get all these terms and stuff. But then in the airport I came and before meeting them, I, I kind of threw up <laughs> because I was horrified. And then I met them and we went on a bus and then suddenly I was told, okay, just 
give a few pics like tour about your town while we're in a bus, you know? I was like, what? <laughs> and then it went so bad. And then one of the guys who came, like the Japanese guy, he just came to me and tried to cheer me up. You know, it was really well. It's like the same thing. We yeah. say it was so good, which means it was bad. Right? <laughs> no, <laughs> you then, don't know. Like, it really no, was No, but that's <laughs> what I knew for, for sure. But, but then it somehow flew. I mean, I was doing my best, right? Mm. And, and when I did so, advanced so, like, fine, but they even invited me again for a bigger thing. And this is how I just kept doing these part-time jobs. So, like, you just have to get out of your comfort zone and force yourself to speak. And whenever you speak, you just, you don't, like, you can prepare some, like, words which, like, you know what this topic is going to be about. Because, if, for example, if you're like, in medicine or in electronics or something, you need to know these mm. terms, right? And if you're a third-year student, you obviously don't know them. <laughs> but when you just start speaking and it somehow happens itself. That mm. is how yeah. it happened to me. And it, it's also, I think it's very important, the having something booked. Oh. If you have a commitment, yeah. like in your case, you have these people come in yeah. and you would have to, you know, uh, go with them around your city yeah. and, and explain them what they're seeing and all that. Yeah. Having that commitment forces you not to black out. Yeah. Like, because many times, mostly with this type of things, and it's very similar with public speaking and all those things where, you know, you are afraid, you are throwing out, you don't want to do it. <laughs> but if you don't have that commitment mm. that involves other people, like, if you don't yeah, do it, other yeah. people will be really angry or, you know, something bad will happen to other people. Then it will, you will go again outside your comfort zone and you will do yeah. it. And the fact that you do it once and twice and thrice, then you will start getting better just because of what you yeah. said and so you think get comfortable. What you said is really true, like about commitment. Mm. It's like a story of my life. <laughs> <laughs> All the good things happened to me because I because of the commitment I took, I guess. And no matter how hard it was, I knew if I don't do this, I will let down so many people. And I have a guilt complex so <laughs> I just do my best no matter how bad it is. Mm. So yeah. what's what's the toughest commitment that you that you made Mm-hmm. Then once you step out of your comfort zone, as you said, after that event or that commitment, you were like, oh, I'm really glad that I did that. I think for me, it's a simple club in Yamagata University. Because, mm-hmm. uh, like, I didn't expect it to be that hard. And A, I never played soccer before. And then I wasn't athletic, you know? And uh, it was five times a week. And then... I would like to go with friends like on Friday night to go hang out, you know, but I would always have to leave early because at 4 a.m. I have to wake up to be like at 5 a.m. in university to come to Sendai and play in Shijai, like match and was every weekend like that. So, and it would still be okay if I was good, right? But I was so bad. <laughs> I couldn't run fast. I couldn't kick ball in the right direction. <laughs> and it was like not for a year. So I would just often go like home after practicing crime. And then I would never feel a part of a group, you know, like, and so I often I would ask myself, why am I doing this, you know? But when I took this commitment that I joined them, and when my team was tiny, I think this was the only reason why they let me in. <laughs> if I would, like, uh, like if I would just can't, like, uh, quit, I wouldn't have enough people to play matches. Sure, sure. So I kept doing it. And then I, I remember I had a ligament injury, and then... I had so many bruises. I lost like so much weight. It was great. <laughs> and then at the end, we even went to national championship of Japan. And my biggest achievement was like after championship, captain came to me and she's like, Kia Borosawaku, did you touch the ball? I was like twice. I touched the ball twice. Everybody was like, oh, you know. And the last match we had in February before I left, I know. It was just how bad it was. Like they would make me a forward player. Because this is how I would, like, cause the least damage, you know, to the team. Because <laughs> like, if you're a defender, you would let the other team score you, right? But forward player is just somewhere hanging out near the gates. and true, yeah. So, and I would never score. Because yeah. <laughs> it's something psychological, I think. Like, they would, the team would do everything just to pass me a ball, but when I would score, like, not in the gates, you know? <laughs> this is how it was for a whole year, and... No one felt shitty to like let down your team each time because we could mm. we could have scored so much so many more times you know if I if I wasn't there for example yeah but then at the end that in this Kaminoyama futsal championship it was in February before I left to Russia my last match with them 
they again were trying to do everything for me to score and I scored twice and the whole team was just like it was a triumph you know for everyone <laughs> oh my god she did it like after a year of practice <laughs> so for me it was just like the hardest experience so far and also but was the most wonderful because after that we had this like my Soviet my farewell dinner and we made me a scrapbook, book my first scrapbook book in my life mm-hmm. you know all my year yeah. and then we were saying all these nice words like oh we wish everyone was like you like looking forward and doing their best you know that's <laughs> so, awesome that's so for me it was like the first time I made like friends with Japanese people who weren't really into meeting foreigners mm. so it felt very sincere and I keep meeting them now and for me it just showed how much like if you do your best and you try hard something's gonna come out of it and you become a better version of yourself. But it was so hard. And the only thing that kept me going was thinking, okay, in a year, it's going to be over. <laughs> so I don't have to do it for the rest of my life. Yeah. But, you, <laughs> that, but the good thing is that you already had that commitment. So yeah. at least you you will have to be there for a year. So mm. it's like, um, I don't want to get let people down. I don't want to, you know, that, that's But the they had part. another student after me, Chinese student who did soccer in her country. So they were like, oh, she's going to be good, right? Mm. But the point she quit after a month, she said, like, we're foreigners and we are not used to this kind of discipline and we don't want to waste our time on this. And then they said, like, oh, my God, Kia was so, like, unique. You know, and I was like, yes, yes, tell me about it. <laughs> so this is a nice segue to talking about Tucson, your organization. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> for those of us who may not be very familiar with Tucson, can you explain us what it is and, yeah. and what you do? Tufsa is like a short for Tohoku University Foreign Student Association. And uh, it, we've been around since 1965. And Tufsa is like basically a station where foreigners can join and then they get support. They get like also somewhere, like they get like a chance to interact with our people and uh, we can in, enjoy many events together and just we can like find the second home, I guess. Because as you said, like when people come here, they feel lonely, right, for the first time. And then if you don't know what you want to do, you either become like isolated in your house or you go drinking a lot, you know. And Tufsa provides opportunities which you can do instead, you know, like and socialize. So for for those who want to maybe learn a little bit more about what Tufsa does yeah. or maybe get involved in Tufsa, where yeah. can they go to uh, oh. learn more? Is that a website? That they yeah, can... we have a website, www.tufsa.net. <laughs> <laughs> also, we have our Facebook page. Mm. And um, Tufsa just like, we also have meetings every Sunday from 5.30 p.m. right now, but then I start in October again. Just like, um, Tufsa also like helps foreigners to interact with local Japanese community. And we have many Japanese students joining like Tufsa because we want to learn how to speak English, we want to like interact with foreigners. Many of them, like, uh, they even go for exchange programs after that because we get inspired, you know. <laughs> and Tufsa organizes like many events. Like, we have welcome parties, farewell parties, like a dance party, which is a bit rare in Japan because people don't dance here much. <laughs> also, like, uh, recently we've been having like yoga sessions, free to attend, belly dance sessions. We did this once like Bob Ross painting event. <laughs> we do futsal tournaments every semester. We have Tusa Body program where like a foreigner before coming to Hoku University can, can apply. And we match him with a Japanese student here. So he gets a first friend. We also had like this Masamune Cafe, I think it was called. When foreigners can speak to any of us, like like a Skype session. Oh, like wow. schedule where they can ask all their questions about mm-hmm. university dorms or local office. And also, we have this biggest event called Tohoku University International Festival. Sure. To it, yeah. And it's just like, oh, <laughs> the biggest project of Tufsa. And this year, it was 33rd Tohoku University Festival and International Festival. And I was in charge as a president. And it's a big festival. It's the biggest international event in Tohoku region itself. And it's very, like, for me, it's very, it's amazing what's organized by students, you know? Because every year, like, almost 5,000 people come. And... We have food stalls, we have interactive corners, we have stage performances. We also like getting really like organized about like garbage disposal, about parking, you know, with our volunteers. Like more than 100 volunteers join every year and we have volunteers from high schoolers to like 70 year old. (laughs) It's a beautiful event where people can showcase their culture and interact with everyone. That's awesome. And are there any future events coming up? Yeah, uh, so now it's Tufsa going for a vacation. <laughs> so sure. In October, we're going to have our welcome party, hmm. usual. And also, we're going to start recruiting a think body program again. But 
like not decided yet because we have different opinions about it. <laughs> but uh, we have welcome party in end of October when people just come, and so for them, it's a chance to meet new friends and get into like social, like in the community of Sanjay. I think that's, you know? a, that's a very nice. And uh, this weekend, tomorrow, we are going for a Tufsa trip, like for members of <laughs> want to know oh, each other. Okay. How many members do you have? We have uh, 35 members at the moment. Okay. Mm -hmm. Usually around 40, people getting busy with their exams and stuff. Sure, sure. Yeah. Wow, that's great. That's great. Yeah, and I've, I've seen, of course, you know, after leaving here for, for uh, 15 months, uh, yeah. I've seen a lot of those outdoor events. And are really useful, like from the point of view of someone that came here without yeah. knowing anybody, without speaking the language, without understanding very well the culture. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I feel more grateful about choosing Sendai to, mm -hmm. to uh, be my my place of residence here in Japan is that there are, apart from Tusa, there are also other volunteer in, um, organizations that yeah. help foreigners for free, which is something that surprised yeah. me a lot. Teach them Japanese, to introduce them to culture. Because there's something so, which is not free, and even it's extremely expensive, right? So. That's true. That's true. So you have two opposites. Yeah. <laughs> but no, but, it, but it's, it's very nice because you get to, in a very friendly way understand the understand the culture do things like like tea ceremonies and go to you know yeah. different different events that helps you make your own image of how how the japanese culture is so, um, the whole region is a beautiful place to like learn mm -hmm. all of that because people here are very open and warm you know like, yeah that's they, true they're very welcoming <laughs> yeah that's that's true every, every time i i travel with my wife to tokyo we yeah. always say the same thing which is this, <laughs> yeah. this is not the japan that i know yeah like Tokyo is uh, a metropolitan city like any other city in the world which it doesn't represent the whole japan yeah yeah uh so we're by, by the way we are recruiting now for Tusa, like oh. for more foreigners i guess like, okay when how long is that period i don't know when this episode will come year? But it would be nice to people for people to join in October so they can get a full experience of mm. all the events. Because when you join too, so you can not only just help out, you can also organize your own events. If someone is thinking about joining yeah. Tufsa, what uh, he or she should, should yeah. Yeah, expect? Not, not only the, the steps to, yeah. to join, that that's uh -huh. important as well, but also after joining Tufsa, what yeah. are the type of things that he or she should expect to do, like get in oh. charge of? Or, so first, uh, we have weekly meetings. Where we discuss our previous events or give evaluation for pre like uh, we discuss our following events or give evaluation for previous. And of course, everyone is a student, so first thing you come here to study, right? And this is just a volunteer activity. But also, they can, for example, help with the party organization, the festival organization, with movie nights. You know, like they can come up with new ideas themselves. Mm -hmm. Like uh, they're just expected to be like uh, doing stuff they want to do. I guess, because we don't force anyone. And it's just like, when you join Tufsa, you just become a part of a family, I guess. <laughs> it's really nice feeling. Awesome. So, yeah. I just have a few last questions for you. Yeah. And these are meant just to know you a little bit better. So, do you, do you have any hobbies or anything that you like? Oh. Well, I, I know, no. now that I follow you on Facebook, I know that you do yeah. a lot of things. Like, yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I mean, except, except, I mean, I'm not only in Tufsa, but I've been part of different st things here. Like, not today, I'm wearing this t-shirt of TEDx. Because <laughs> today we have TEDx Uchiage. Mm. We have this organization which also recruiting members, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> you can flag it as well. Yeah. <laughs> I was, mm, but recently I like the most. Is scary stories like creepy pasta. <laughs> I keep reading it every day, and my research is kind of based on it. And I have my Sendai Horror Club, <laughs> oh, yeah. which have exactly like three members at the moment <laughs> because all the members went home. So is it in, in Japanese? Scary stories in Japanese? Both, also both English, English, Japanese, and also I read in Russian a lot. I mean, I like horror stories. This is one of my biggest hobbies, I guess. Mm, okay. And also, I like dancing a lot. It's the only kind of sport I'm good at. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, oh, I think about it, it's not that much anymore. <laughs> yeah, horror stories and dancing, maybe. And, and yeah. so, if for someone like me, for instance, that I don't yeah. read a lot of horror stories, which ones would you recommend me reading first? In Japanese? Like, Japanese yeah. horror oh, in English, oh, better. English. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do my best with the Japanese. But <laughs> well, I'm studying with a writer called Koizumi Yakumo. Okay. His foreigner name is Lafkadio Hirn. He just came to Japan in Meiji period and 
and it just opened up and he represented uh, Japanese folklore in English to Western society and he's um, and he has uh, histories in English it'd be nice like where's the story of uh, Yuki Onna like of Rukura Kobi the demon with long neck of Mimi Nashihoichi like a uh, diva player who but if you like like uh, he has these classic stories right if you like something more like urban legends <laughs> you could go for Kuchisake Onna like a woman with slit mouth go for Tekiteki Onna mm. like half side I mean Russian creepypasta is really nice and I think with that I want to like start translating it because I like translation to interpretation a lot okay what I, I didn't ask about this yeah. what's your um, research about like is Japanese literature but yeah. there like a specific about theme or I yeah about this um, books which Lakadu here wrote and also I was planning to make a comparative research because he was a foreigner who became Japanese he was a very educated guy, like he was really good in literature and I just want to prove that he had this Western influence in representing Japanese mythology, right? And last hobby would be like, I like writing poetry and lately I like translating poems because it's a very difficult topic like when you go to translation of poems, right? Yeah, so and you translate from, from Japanese to your to Russian? Oh no, no, never Japanese. <laughs> no Japanese? Okay. English and Russian. English and Russian, oh, okay. yeah. Japanese have a different, like we have Tanka and Hoko, mm. which is a very different from yeah. Western poetry. Don't go that far, so. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I'll ask for recommendations, but mm-hmm. if someone wants to get, uh, start becoming familiar with Japanese literature in yeah. general, is there a set of books that you oh, would yeah. point that person? I would recommend to read like a writer called Akutagawa Ryunosuke. Um, he was writing kind of short stories, not too long, and very like classic Japanese stories, but he would represent them in such a refreshing, like dynamic way, which I think mm-hmm. mostly foreigners would like. Okay, awesome. Yeah, and also, mm, people are crazy about Natsume Sosuki, like if you really want to go deep into that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, but I think Abudagavar Unoski is the best thing for now, <laughs> for <Okay>. beginners. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll check it out. And yeah. of course, I will put all the... Um, Books and authors on the oh. on the show notes, so everybody will. I mean, anybody could just follow the link and, yeah. and go to those uh, those resources that you mentioned. So it's amazing how fast time uh, goes by. So you have oh. two last questions for you. Sure. One is the same as they ask any everybody is. Is there anyone here in Sendai that you would like to listen to this type of conversation? Oh, um, I haven't thought about it. <laughs> <But> <laughs> if any, if not, it's okay. But if, if there is someone that comes to mind. That... A foreigner? Or Japanese. Or Japanese. Or Japanese. I don't know. Like, I have like a whole group of wonderful people you, if you want me to introduce mm-hmm. to you. Yeah, well, Emmanuel told me that you yeah. should interview everybody in Tulsa. Like, <laughs> yeah, all of them. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I'll, I'll try, but... Uh, there is this girl I like. I became friends recently. Mm-hmm. She's not in Tufsa, and um, I just really enjoy meeting her sometimes and like hanging out together. And she's just so absolutely wonderful and beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> her name is Joanna. Joanna mm-hmm. Henry. Like, okay. I'm not sure if she would like to do this, but if she would, I would love to hear her talk. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll try to okay. <laughs> track her down and, and see if she's. Is that to participate? I mean, yeah, uh, she's just like so into different things. Like she does fire dancing, she teaches English, she has this beautiful daughter, you know, like like swing dance. She took me, like it just, yeah, maybe awesome, her. Awesome. Yeah, great. I mean, that's, that's the purpose of this of this podcast is sure. to, to learn a little bit more about the people that live here in Sendai. Um, and it's my chance to get to know more people like you, which we have never met before this interview, and, and just have a nice time yeah. talking. So, um, Last request that I have is if you can teach me one word in Russian that has a special meaning for you. Special uh, meaning. <laughs> yeah, or just any word that comes to mind. I like the word siyani. Oh, that's difficult. <laughs> say, that, say that again. Siyani. Siyani. Yeah, it means shining. Shining. Oh, I yeah. like that one. Siyani. I just feel like when a person does something they like to do, you know, and then they're feeling comfortable, mm-hmm. they just have this glow, right? Like, <laughs> that's awesome. I love that. Mm-hmm. Well, that's it. So thank you very much. <laughs> thank and, you for hosting me. Uh, yeah, I had a blast. So hopefully <laughs> yeah, it, was, it was fun for you too. And, uh, and yeah, so hopefully I'll talk to you soon. Again. Sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. 
thank you for listening. Just one last request. If you enjoyed this episode, you can subscribe to the Fortnite podcast in iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or any other platform of your choice. Go check the foreigner.blog forward slash podcast where you can find this and other episodes with their respective show notes. Leave a comment if you liked the episode and subscribe to the foreigner.blog so that you can receive an email every time a new blog post is up. Thank you once again for being on the other side and talk to you again soon. Bye.